Hey, Katie, did you know that we have listeners all over the world? I did, and I think that is so awesome. Most of our listeners are creative business owners in the U.S. and Canada, primarily women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. I also love that so many of our listeners connect and engage with us directly on Instagram. Oh my gosh, me too. And our listeners are looking to grow their creative brands, their Etsy shops, and to sell more of their art, which means they want to know all about the tools, the products, and online courses that can help them do just that. Exactly. And we want to connect our listeners with coaches, businesses, and products that they can use to sell more of their own handmade products, make their lives easier, and have more time to do what they love. Yep. That's why we're officially putting out a sponsorship call for this podcast. We're going to partner with a limited number of brands that are the perfect fit for our listeners. If you think your company's product or service is in line with our audience and you're interested in learning more about our brand partnerships, reach out to us on our website at shopstudiosisters.com or just click the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Studio Sisters podcast. We're your hosts and sisters, Katie and Taylor. We travel the world, make beautiful things, and run our online businesses. We're creative entrepreneurs and Etsy experts, and we are on a mission to help you make meaningful income online and to create what you love. On the Studio Sisters podcast, we will dive into all things Etsy, running an online business, making money, creating while traveling, and growing your brand. We want you to leave this podcast with more confidence in yourself, your online small business, and the belief that your creative dream life is possible for you. So let's do this. Hey friends, Taylor here. Today we have an awesome interview for you with Lauren Hooper of Lauren Likes. If you've ever wanted to be more consistent on Instagram while staying authentic, this is the interview for you because Lauren is amazing at it and we've asked her to share a ton of great ideas with you all. Side note, some of you might not know this, but one of the businesses that I personally own is a retreat center and wedding venue, and in 2019, Lauren hosted one of her radiant art retreats at our venue, which is how I got to know her, and Lauren and Katie also collaborated together in the Get Messy Art Journal community in the past, way back. Lauren is a creative, a traveler, and a storyteller. If you're an artist who likes to work in multiple mediums, you will love learning about Lauren's works in tapestry weaving and also in clay art. She's a passionate photographer and she teaches photography for artists and storytellers online with her brand, Lauren Likes. This is an interview we know you're going to love for so many reasons, including our chats about self-motivation and defining how you are going to share your authentic online self. So let's dive in. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Hi, I am so great. So excited to chat with you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the Studio Sisters podcast. We're super excited to talk to you about um, what you're doing right now and all about Lauren Likes and about our topic today, which is how you um, 
stay consistent with your social media and like how you have great consistency as an artist. So Katie's going to start off with the first question. And I know our listeners are going to be really excited to hear um, all about you today. All right. So Lauren Likes is a brand that offers a lot of things, right? Can you talk about sort of what you're known for and how you pivoted last year and what you're working on now? Just tell us all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am definitely the victim of creative ADD and I just love all of the things. And I just believe that that is a part of living a creative lifestyle. So creative lifestyle is my thing. It's what I talk about. It's what my podcast is about. It's kind of the umbrella that everything falls under because I believe everything we do is creative. And um, so it doesn't matter if you're an artist or a painter or a dancer or a gardener, or if you just like to decorate your house really well, you know, you are an artist and creativity is a part of everything that we do. And so I really want to encourage people to embrace that. And if there's an area in your life where you're bored, um, you know, infuse a little more creativity in it and see what happens. And so kind of under the umbrella of Lauren Likes, I do a lot of things. So I have a podcast called How She Creates. Um, I have, you know, my blog and my website at lauren-likes.com. But then I teach online creative courses. I used to run radiant art retreats and teach in-person workshops. And maybe those will be back in the next year. I hope so. And now I have just opened an Etsy shop where I am selling handmade um, creative goodies. I do large weavings and small weavings and um, sell uh, clay jewelry. And I'm about to launch an inspiration journal. So yes, I do all of the things. Well, I don't know if uh, that's because you are that full of creative inspiration every single day. It sounds like you are, but also it might be, if you're like me, I don't sit still well. So um, when there's free time or free space in my life, I fill it with ideas and things. Is that is that kind of what happens in your life too? That's exactly what it is. Last night I was watching a webinar and it was interesting and I was paying attention, um, but I don't sit still well either. And I do think it is some ADHD. Um, And so I just grabbed a little tiny lap loom I have and I started working on a new weaving, you know, just so that my hands were moving. And yeah, it's definitely a problem. My husband's constantly like, okay, our walls are full. Like, no more hanging up stuff, you know, until like, well, then I'll start switching things out, you know, and I'm always reorganizing or, or doing something. I always am with you. I always have to be moving. Same. I'm, I can't just watch Netflix or just mm-hmm. listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I've got to be doing something. Yeah. I do a lot of crochet when I'm watching, you know, movies, never slowing down. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that Katie and I were, that immediately popped in our brains when we asked you to come on the podcast was like how consistent you are on your social media. It is so easy to like identify when something is like yours, when it's Lauren, because I feel like it's, it always just feels very authentic. And I think you've just done an amazing job of kind of always showing up on your social media presence. So we wanted to talk to you about that today. Uh, Do you think that this is something that comes naturally to you or have you had to really work at it? 
It's a little bit of both. I really love Instagram, so I do work really hard at it and I enjoy being there and I love seeing what other people are doing and, you know, interpreting that in my own way and learning from that. I think that um, there's some parts of it that are like kind of exciting and so maybe they're easiest to do, but then as you said, it's learning what works and, and, you know, what you like as well. It is. And so... I think that it comes naturally because I want to be on there, but I am excited about it and I I want to be there, you know, so I do work hard at making sure I am showing up as much as I can. And I just think it's such an easy place to show up. You can just quickly post a picture of your messy desk and that's great content. You know, you don't have to think it through to the point where it becomes this giant formula. And, you know, it's not like a blog post where you have to have, you know, a pinnable image and your SEO in there and, you know, your headings and all of that kind of stuff. No, just like a literal quick snap, you know, in the dark, bad lighting on your stories is still a great, is still great content for Instagram. Yeah, I love that about stories. So can you tell us a little bit of like what types of content you post on your Instagram? Yeah, so I kind of share, again, under the creative lifestyle umbrella. So places we travel to, um, art projects I'm working on, things around our house, things that inspire me. Um, I share lots of tips for photography or for art or for you know, doing projects. The 100 day project is coming up. So I've been sharing a lot about how to do that successfully right now. Um, And then behind the scenes, you know, it's a lot of like pictures of Laszlo, of our dog playing and, you know, just little things that we're doing um, around town or around the house. And so it's, like I said, it's that more kind of in-person or, you know, in the moment, personal feel in stories. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I really love about your feed is like, even though you're posting so many different types of creativity and like behind the scenes of Laszlo and everything, like, it's all still very you like, it doesn't look like a total mess, even though you have so many different creative subjects on there, like it's Lauren. That's such a huge compliment that makes me so happy. And I I think one of those is because I've really kind of honed my photography style. That's photography is one of my like creative greatest creative outlets. And so I work on that a ton. Um, You guys have both taken my stories from here at class. So you know that that's really important to me. Um, And so being able to capture consistent photos um, is is kind of the key to that, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to, before we move on, I want to talk briefly about stories from here. Uh, So this is a class that Lauren offers a few times a year. Is that, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so I took it and, and Katie took it. And I actually, I'm I'm going to admit this on the podcast, but I did not finish all my prompts. And what happened is that our Etsy shop blew up and we had more than 8,000 Etsy orders in six months last year. And so a lot of other things got put on pause in my life, um, including finishing my stories from here, photos, what I'm which I'm hoping to pick back up again. But what I loved about the class is you really did a great job of translating how you um, 
currently show up in your photos, right? Your own, everything is authentically Lauren, little bits of your life, but it feels cohesive because of the way the photos are done. And I think that you did an awesome job teaching that in the class, um, showing people how to use consistent filters, you know, pick the ones that you like and stick with those so that all your photos have the same feel or, you know, what are some different angles? And I think that understanding photography is a really good way to show up consistent and make your your presence as an artist feel consistent on Instagram. Oh, well, first, thank you. That's such a huge compliment. That makes me so happy that you enjoyed the class. And, you know, it's totally okay that you don't finish. But I always say the big projects like that, sometimes their end goal is, yes, a photo book of your life. But sometimes it is that to get you out of that creative funk or to learn mm-hmm. to take those consistent photos. So, you know, you did a great job and it definitely um, gave you a ton um, from what you got from it. <clears throat> But yeah, so now it's just time to go back in and finish it. So you can join and finish on our on our next round with us. Um, but yeah, and I think that the thing with Instagram is to f- take engaging photos and interesting photos that people want to look at. And so, you know, right now I'm looking at all of the little things set up on my windowsill. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. It would be a good photo. But I know that it would be a weird photo because of the light. So maybe I would have to move those things and kind of rearrange them a different way and play with them some, you know, and it's that creativity part of it that is what makes things interesting and engaging and fun. You know, if Instagram isn't fun for you to do, um, then maybe that's it. You don't, you're tired of taking the same photo. You don't know what to take. And so you need to have more fun with it and that will make it more engaging for you and creative for you. And then you want to do it. You want to show up more consistently. Yeah. And I think that's true. in like Instagram's features as well, like maybe you don't really like posting on your feed, but you like posting in your stories. So Lauren, what is your favorite Instagram feature to use? Um, of course, stories, because it's so easy. But right now I'm really loving reels because I love how creative it's forcing me to be. Um, I've always wanted to get into video, but it's never quite stuck. But reels are so short and there's so much you can do in such, you know, a small amount of time that I've been really enjoying it and I've gotten into stop motion. So that's been fun to play with in my reels and people seem to really like it. So that's the, that's the one I'm enjoying right now. I love watching people's reels and they feel so hard and intimidating (laughs) to make. So I've been barely putting my toe in and asking Katie a ton of questions uh, as I make them because it's just something I've never done before. Like you, like I've never really done a ton of video except maybe like going live on stories. At the same time, I think it's like a lot of fun, right? The reels and the stories, it's just fun. It is fun. And I think it's just such an interesting thing. It's like stories, but they live on your feed. And so it forces you to be more creative with them. You know, you can't just do like a pan around anymore like you could on your stories. You have to keep people's attention like a little mini movie. Um, Yeah, and it can be very overwhelming and intimidating for sure. I definitely know that I spent way too long making my first one. And I know that Instagram has gotten better and they have good features, but now honestly, I don't use Instagram at all to make them. I make them in the film app and then I translate them over to 
to Instagram later because it's just, it was just felt like too much pressure and, you know, it was like too glitchy and all of that kind of stuff. So I like took it on my own terms and the apps that I like, and that made it much less overwhelming. Yeah, actually, that's a great transition into my next question that I was going to ask you is like, what is your workflow for producing um, consistency and and content? Um, Do you use a posting schedule? Do you create everything solely in Instagram? Oh, that's such a good question. And my answer is yes and no and everything. Um, I have, I use the app um, Planoly. P-L-A-N-O-L-Y. I just use the free version. And so I schedule everything out in there. And every once in a while, I'll go through and just like add a bunch of random photos that I like that I would like to use, you know, because sometimes it's like the other day I posted, like I've been watching Bridgerton and I just posted a picture of a pretty weaving because I didn't need to post because it wouldn't fit on my feed to post an actual photo of Bridgerton. So I used a craft photo. Um, So I just kind of like a stock in my phone because whenever I take photos, I'll take 40, you know, different angles, different lighting, you know, whatever. So I have a plethora to choose from. And so then later I'll go back through and add those in. Um, So I have kind of those just like stock photos of my own, I guess you would call them. Um, and then sometimes I will do kind of photo shoots for Instagram. Well, where I'll set everything up and I'll take, you know, a flat lay that's supposed to teach something or, you know, represent something. Um, and so sometimes I will go through like on a good week, I will sit down and plan out all my content for the week. And especially if I'm promoting something, I've got a class coming up or, you know, the hundred day projects coming up. So I just want to have a series of tips that um, are consistent for people every day this week, you know? Um, so I will do some planning and then sometimes I just post in the moment, um, I wouldn't say I am the most consistent person in my own life, but you know, on social media, it does look more like that just because I do show up either because I planned it or because today it felt fun. And so those two kind of balance each other out to give me that consistency. Instagram versus reality. (laughs) Exactly. We're pretty much the same. Like we have, um, like specific days and targets of like these things we're always going to post or, you know, we make sure every, let's say nine posts, we are posting about product that we sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are other things that are just in the moment. Like yesterday we had a pop up like art um, retreat at a, at a Florida spring we went to. And so we just got out Katie packed a backpack of supplies and we just got out, you know, watercolor markers and painting supplies and just painted for, you know, and drew for a couple of hours. And so then that became content on our feed that wasn't planned, but it was like so special and so great that that's what, you know, that's what got added into our feed. And then we have other things where we are specifically planning to post. That is so much fun. And that's exactly what I mean by living a creative lifestyle is just being ready and open and willing to do that kind of thing. And then you capture it. And then, you know, it's content for your feed. Yes. But it's inspiration for other people to be like, just keep a bag of art supplies in your car. You never know when, you know, you're going to have a few moments and you're going to want to sit here and paint or doodle or whatever it is that you do. I love that so much. 
it was a lot of fun. And I'm learning that more and more from Katie. Katie might be the queen of <laughs> traveling everywhere, like even in her everyday errands with a bag of art supplies, just ready to go. <laughs> well, I mean, we missed our first like boat tour the day that we tried to schedule. So then we ended up with a few hours where we're like, what are we going to do? So we art journaled instead. Oh, that's perfect. Exactly. I, I would say I'm not the best at that. I am um, easily distractible, like I said. So I would look around and be like, let's go get pineapple, you know. Um, but yeah, if you can force me to focus in and sit down, that is like my dream day. Do you focus on any platforms besides Instagram or is that pretty much like your main focus? Like what's, what are your favorites, I guess? Yeah, I, nope, that's the answer. Uh, I have my newsletter that I send out every week that I am very consistent at on Thursday, sometimes Friday, but every week I send out a creative challenge in my newsletter. And then I have my podcast, which is on a small break right now, but it might be back by the time this is airing. Um, but yeah, so those are the only ones. I definitely have found that I am not a bandwagoner. You know, I know Clubhouse is coming out right now. I don't even know what it is. I've not looked it up. I don't care at all. Um, I tried to do Twitter like 10 years ago. It's just too much. It's too many things. I'm already, like I said, I'm doing too many things in my life already. So I just need one place that I could focus in on. And I like Instagram. So, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And by sort of like focusing on that one platform, like, I think it makes you like, I guess it makes you very authentic and like you're able to consistently plan what you're going to post on just that one platform. Yeah. And you know, the people that I meet on Instagram are people I love. And so, you know, it's kind of like where my people are and I might be missing some great people who are on Facebook or something, but you know, it's just, it's like Amy Poehler says, like, good for you, not for me. It's just, it's what I can do. And I have to kind of narrow it in or else I wouldn't be on Instagram as much at all. Right. So you're, you may be trading off on like being in every place and being found everywhere, but instead you're able to be in one place really well, right? Doing this one thing super, super well. And so people develop no like and trust for you as an artist where they want to take your classes and they want your clay earrings because they watch the reel of the process video that you posted. So there's so much engagement in this one place that people get really excited instead of a little engagement here and a little engagement there. And um, a lot of people say this, but it's kind of one of our one of our basic principles is the riches are in the niches. The more that you can dial in that engagement in one awesome place where the people who are your, you know, fellow artists or customers or, you know, um, students, wherever they are, just hang out there and be there like the best that you can. Exactly, exactly. And I think Instagram has something for everyone. So you can do long form video, you can do short videos, you can do creative videos, you can just do photos, you could do personal behind the scenes things, um, you can share links. I mean, there's nothing that I can't do there that I want to do. So it's not driving me to go somewhere else. That's a really great point. I think we think of Instagram as just like a feed of photos, but there's actually a ton of stuff you can do there. What would you say is your best advice for other artists who want to be more consistent? How would you advise them to motivate themselves to to show up? Oh, that's such a good question. 
Um, I would say to know your why. You know, why is it that you want to show up? Is it because someone on podcast said that you need to post every single day, um, which I definitely don't think is true. Um, but is it because you have these awesome paintings and you want to get them sold? You want to get them out in the world. And so figure that out and then go from that perspective. And so, you know, batch work is one of my favorite things to do. Like I said, when I take photos of my weavings, I will take 20 different shots that I can use over and over in my feed that don't look the same and I won't use them side by side. Um, and then I just always have that bank to choose from. So it's just lowering the threshold one more step of how much work I need to do to get a post up. I like that lowering the threshold, right? Make it easy on yourself. And that's your motivation, right? Because you've already done the work Take the time, you know, first thing in the morning when you've had your coffee or late at night if you work at night, but like knock out the big stuff in batches and then lower the threshold so that later, you know, if you have it in your to-do list, hey, I'm going to post today, right? It's already easy because the photos are already there or the um, description, the the text, you batch worked text and um, promos about your sale coming up, like you've already done that. So working ahead helps you you know, feel like, okay, this is not that hard. I could do that. Exactly. If I can harness the motivation I have in the moment, you know, I'll do 10 posts, not just one, and then I'll have them saved. And so whenever I'm not feeling like it, I can just go grab one of those, you know? And so just like riding the ebbs and flows of your own energy and motivation will help tons. That's something that I sort of did for the first time in your stories from here class was like, write a bunch of stories or a bunch of posts at one time and just save them as drafts. You can use them later when you don't feel like posting or you're short on time, like already have those written so that you only have to do minor edits. And I had never done that before. That's something I learned for the first time in your course. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. It's, it's just like, when we were in school, you know, there's no reason that this is something so unheard of that we've never done before. You know, Instagram is just, you know, just another part of something we learned somewhere else. So, you know, you did your papers beforehand and then you did multiple drafts and you edited them and you worked ahead and you, when you did math, you know, you learned a couple steps at a time and then you put it all together at the end. And it's just the same as that. So you don't have to look at it as reinventing something brand new. It's it's stuff you already know how to do in your life. You just got to figure out how to use those skills in this little app. Yeah. And I think even though you're like batch working and working ahead on maybe the captions or the photos, like your feed is still very authentic. So do you have any certain do's or don'ts or tips and tricks for our listeners that maybe want to stay more authentic? and still work ahead? Yeah, so I kind of decided this a while back of what would and wouldn't be on my feed. And it's not any kind of like hard and fast rules, but it's generally, it's always going to be my photos and they're always going to be good photos that, you know, I'm proud of that I took, you know, with a purpose. Um, And so that helps with the consistent look of it. And when I'm in my planner app, it really, it shows you what, what photo it's going to go next to. So it kind of helps balance some of that out too. And then I don't share 
really, really personal things. So I don't share pictures of me and my like in real life friends or their kids. Um, I don't share kind of woe is me kind of content. And, you know, I know that there are tons of people being vulnerable on Instagram and I, I love that and I appreciate that, but that's just not, um, something that, I want to share out loud online. You know, I have my degrees and my background are in therapy. And so there's a lot in that for me that, you know, I just have some some issues, not some issues, but just some things around that I just feel are very private and very personal. And I want my feed to be a place of creativity and inspiration and fun. And so I want people to know that they can come there for that. Um So I've got some little things that I don't like to share just because, you know, as I grow. So that's also the difference of like, I love my friends and their kids are so cute. Um, But it's not my place as my Instagram is getting bigger and bigger to share someone else's child or people that you guys just don't know. You know, I think of my Instagram people as my friends and they don't know my in real life friends and they have no desire to be on the internet. Um, so, you know, I've, I've shared pictures of me and Katie because Katie's also on the internet and you guys, you know, my Instagram people know her. Um, so just kind of figuring out those little nuances of what you do and don't want to share, I think helps keep your feed really cohesive and keeps you feeling you know, safe because Instagram and the internet in general can be a terrifying place. So those are kind of the little things that I've decided to do or not do. Mm -hmm, Totally. So would you suggest to our listeners for someone who wants to kind of, who's, who's saying to themselves, I want to be more authentic. I want to be more consistent. um, Would you suggest that they maybe just like sit down with a cup of coffee and like journal out a, like a almost like a little manifesto of Instagram of like what do I want to be known for what what do I feel good about sharing and and what I don't yes I love that and a piece of advice that I received somewhere I don't remember where that always resonates with me is to not share something as you're going through it to share it once you've moved beyond it and you can interpret that however you want you know right now I'm minimalizing our house. And so I'm sharing a little bit of that process as I'm doing it because, you know, that's not that big of a deal. And I want people's advice and opinions. But, you know, let's say I was going through a really hard time in my marriage. For me, that is not something I want to share publicly. I do not want your input on strangers, you know. Uh, But afterwards, I could say, you know, we went through this hard time. This is what we did. We went to counseling. We did this, this, and this, you know, and now we've kind of come out on the other side. If that was even something I would choose to share, if I felt that was something relevant to my particular audience who are more crafters. Um, So I don't even know that that would be relevant. So kind of asking yourself um, in that list that you're making, if I shared this and my mom saw it, would I like that? If I shared this and my future kids saw it, would they like this? If I shared it and some stranger on the internet said something really nasty to me or started giving me weird advice, would I like that? And those things will kind of help you determine what's vulnerable in quotations for you to share and what's actually wise for you to share. Um, So yeah, we've all said something at like a dinner party and people gave us weird reactions and we were like, yep, shouldn't have said that out loud. Like that's not for this 
group of people, you know, to know. So think about those situations. If someone responded to you in a weird way when you shared this personal thing, would that upset you? Then that's not for you to share on Instagram or not for you to share in the moment on Instagram. Um, but like I said, some people share a ton of vulnerable things and that's their thing. Um, and that's great. And I appreciate those people. I learn from those people, but I am just not one of those. So if you are feeling like maybe you're not either, I love that idea of kind of writing out a manifesto of what you will and won't share and asking yourself those questions of how would you feel if you got those reactions. You know, you explaining that right now is helpful because you don't necessarily have to be that person that gets super vulnerable to be authentic, right? Authentic can mean just creative art or just how you make your handmade product. It does not have to mean you have to just share a big emotional journey. It doesn't have to mean that for you to be authentic. Oh, exactly that. And, you know, I do share a lot around politics, around art, you know, and because I do believe that art is activism, everything we do is political, you know, but I'm really interested in the intersection of art and politics. And I recently shared um, Dr. Jill Biden, her, her jacket, her gown she wore, um, had an artist had hand embroidered every single flower of every single state on the jacket and on the like lace top of her dress. Um, and oh gosh, I'm going to get what it was to represent wrong, but it was to represent, you know, growth and unity and all that, that those kinds of things. But the artistry was incredibly beautiful. It was incredibly meaningful that, you know, she represented every state, every territory that, you know, she was representing the people in that art. Um, and so I think we have to pick the things that are important to us to share and figure out how we can share them. You know, I'm not going to get on there and start talking you know, at large about politics completely in general, um, like some newscasters do or some political people, you know, who are on Instagram for that purpose do. But I can pick the thing that's important to me, which is art and politics and where they intersect. And that's what I will share. So finding, like you said, finding that niche of what is important to you, and then you can talk about that. And your people will care about that. Too. So we have some other fun questions for you. Uh, if you had an extra $1,000 in your creative business budget, how would you spend it? Oh, I love this question. I would buy a season pass to um, like the local theater um, or museum. You know how you can kind of get those passes where you can go to all of the art openings all of the theatrical productions, all of the musicals, see all the musicians that come in. That is the most inspiring thing to me. I love going to shows and concerts, and that would definitely be how I would spend my time so that I could go to everything and just get overwhelmed with inspiration. That is so fun. We love live theater, too. It's the best, and I miss it so much. I miss it so much. <laughs> <laughs> What is on your studio desk right now? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So within reach, I have a new weaving that I, style that I'm developing that I'm so pumped about. I have um, the stuff to do a big weaving commission that is going to be amazing and huge. And then I've got my 
clay jewelry that I'm working on. I got some new textures. So I'm working on a new collection with texture. And then I also have the stuff for my new inspiration journals. So I am like crammed in here and there's just stuff all around me. I can't wait to learn more about those inspiration journals. I'm literally (laughs) waiting. They should be done maybe today or Monday. And I'm like on pins and needles waiting on the email to come in that I can go get them. That's awesome. We'll definitely link um, to all of your shop information in our in our um, show notes so that everybody can find them and see exactly what we're talking about. Okay, here's a big question. What's something that you're personally learning right now? Oh, that's such a good one. Um, minimalism. We watched the Less is More documentary on Netflix, and I had watched their documentaries before, um, but we are living in a really, really small space, like the maybe the smallest space we ever have, and I'm working from here, and my art studio is in here, and we have guest constantly because we just moved back to America and we're close enough to our family and we live in Asheville and everyone loves it here. So we are just inundated with guests coming. And so there's just no space. And so we are hardcore getting rid of as much stuff as we possibly can, but in, you know, a wise and thoughtful way so that it won't rebuild up over time. So figuring out what minimalism means for a person who, like I just said, is covered in art supplies and loves art all over the walls. Um, So kind of figuring out if I can be like a maximal minimalist. I have to admit, I was pretty surprised to hear you talking about minimalism on Instagram because that's not how I picture you. Uh, I've seen pictures of your studio and your beautiful, eclectic style in your apartment. So I'm really interested to see your journey as that goes along. Me too. So I need to I need to share some more as we've made some more progress. We'll be looking for that update, definitely. Yep, for sure. All right, Lauren, where can our listeners find you on the internet? So you can find everything at lauren-likes.com is my website. I am Lauren Likes Blog on Instagram, and you know that that is where I'm hanging out every day. We'll put all that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Lauren. I think it's been an awesome interview and I really appreciate your time. And I'm sure that our listeners have really enjoyed listening to this. Oh, this is so fun. I love anytime I get to do something with you guys and hopefully we'll be doing stuff in person together again really soon. We hope so. Hey friends, just an FYI, if you're a new listener to this podcast, you might not know that we sell planner stickers and weatherproof stickers in our Etsy shop, hand designed by me, Katie. Many of our stickers are inspired by the incredible natural places that I've traveled to, such as Mount Rainier in Washington State, or the beaches of Puerto Rico. I'm just so inspired by magical natural places. Do you want to shop our stickers? You can shop our Etsy shop or on our website, find the link to Shop Studio Sisters in our show notes.